Greg. Mike. Two bandits. Watching. Louie. This episode is called Christmas Swim with special guest... Joe Twist. What up, party people, and <laughs> welcome to episode 103. Holy cow. Of two <laughs> bandits watching Bluey. I'm your good pal, Greg Painter. I see him. He's right there. And with me. Yes. He's the world's best chef. Oh. And his oh. name is. I go by Mike Martin. Thanks so much, man. How are you today? I am great. It is a lovely early morning. We are 7 a.m. And you know what that means. It's if time to talk about Christmas. At 7 a.m. <laughs> it means it's 9 p.m. In Australia, okay, that makes in sense. Brisbane, where we are talking to the amazing, you may know him, I, I, I dug into your IMDb page, you may Uh-oh. know him from the music department of Star Wars, <laughs> The Force Awakens, Zoolander 2, Ooh. Baywatch the movie, apparently at least one episode of The Simpsons, which is kind of awesome, and also a little show called Bluey, it's Mr. Joe Twist. Joe, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. The wow. look you just gave when he, when he ran down your entire IMDb there. You're like, oh, Lord, it's what I got myself into? That IMDb page is uh, kind of scary, um, <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate it. We could just pretend that I that I did lots of work on all of those shows, even though I didn't. But Perfect. I did more work on Bluey than any of the other shows you just mentioned. That's, that's a fact. I- I had a feeling, but when I looked down there, I was like, Star Wars? What? Zoolander? Yes, Joe, you're all over, man. I worked at a company, a certain company in Los Angeles, and, um, well, a couple, couple of companies, actually. That's that's best between two different companies I worked at. Uh, you know, slaving away, working for other composers over there, but none of it beats Bluey. <laughs> I love Star Wars, but Bluey wins. Bluey wins. We, we will agree with that. Bluey wins for sure. Uh, and we're here to talk this week. Our last episode we're discussing in season two, Christmas cool. Swim, uh, which holds a special place in your heart. And I, I definitely want to get into all that. But a question I ask every single one of our guests, I really, and especially for you, uh, curious to hear your Bluey origin story. Obviously, you heard about the show a little bit earlier than everybody else is being part of it, but how did you actually right. get to be working and a, a member of the Bluey team? So, it's funny that you guys are in New York. That's where I met Geoff Bush. Um, ah. In the city, we were doing the NYU summer film scoring program. I guess it's called the NYU Film Scoring Program. And there's a couple, I was actually studying there, but Joff came over and did the summer school just for a couple of weeks. And I decided to do it as well. And we all like got to meet different composers like Mark Snow, Sean Callery. Both of them worked on the X-Files, Homeland, shows like that. And, uh, and then lo and behold, this Aussie pops over as well, Joff Bush. And he, yeah, was fun. I actually had never met him, which is really weird because We'd probably been on the same bus stations and maybe even the same yeah. concerts or the same pubs or whatever in Australia, sure. but just never bumped into each other. He's, you know, he's a few years younger than me. That's true. But I happened to be over in New York and there he was. And then we hit it off and we had, had we shared our love of San Pellegrino uh, water, which is a staple in a bluey um, session for the music, um, by the way. And uh, yeah. And and then we worked on a whole bunch of things. That would have been in 2000 and, well, no, 13. Actually, it's 10 years ago. I remember now. 
recently. Anniversary. 2000 was. It was like June. It would have been 2013. That's when I first met him. I had heard of him before because I mm. think he had some to a school I went to in Australia as well. Anyway, just to off stop rambling, but, um, you know, fast forward to, we worked on like a couple, couple of TV shows together. Um, like, you know, there's a gardening show he worked on. We, I held about on a few short films, you know, we were just young starting out and having a go. And then, and then, but I knew he, uh, he met, um, or he was working with a guy called Daly Pearson, who's one of the producers. In fact, one of the, um, I think he, is he runs Ludo Studio. He's one of the main producers of Ludo Studio with Charlie Eskenwall. We may have heard of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he'd been working with him for ages. And then I remember it was 2000. I was, I'd moved to LA in 2014, the year after. And it was about 20, it must have been 2016, I guess. That would make sense. Maybe it was 2015, actually, when we first mentioned it. And he just said, oh, I've got, uh, by the way, I've got this cartoon coming up. Um, you know, I might need some help. I thought it was just going to be, uh, a theme song and a few things, um, but I might need some help. Anyway, and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. That, that changed, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I always wanted to do animation. So lo and behold, um, it became, you know, the biggest thing that I've ever worked on. And and I've, I've just honored that Joff's, you know, had me along for the ride. I mean, it's his show. It was Joe, Joe Brown's show. It's everyone's show. But sure. you know, the music is, is his bag. It's his sound. It's his gig. And I love that. And it's very much a deal where the music is a character on the show. I mean, we, we've seen different things like Bluey without the music, and it's just a it's a oh, different awkward. program. So uh, sure. definitely tip of the hat to uh, all you guys over there. Yeah. Um, but we're, again, very excited to talk Christmas Swim with you. But before we get to that, mm. we have to see what our good pals at Wiki Bluey have to say about Christmas Swim. Hey, Greg. Yeah? What's Christmas Swim? The healers gather for a classic Aussie Christmas... Bluey gets a new teddy and increases him to the whole family. But the family play too rough with him, and now he wants to go home. Mm. Hey, Joe. That's a teddy bear? Bottle of meat. He's a teddy. Yeah, of course he's a teddy. I See? guess. <laughs> I mean, it's a toy, but I guess the word teddy is kind of... I know it's not specifically a teddy bear. I guess they mean that to encapsulate other toys that are... At first, I was like, like, that's supposed to be a bear? It's like a like casual a little... representation of what a teddy is. So okay. Like... Okay. Now that, that now we got that <laughs> most important part out of the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to know, because we, uh, we had told you we were about halfway through season two when we first touched base and said, is there one that kind of speaks to you? And you, you said this one. Uh, can you tell us why? Like, why is Christmas Swim a special episode for you? Well, uh, Joff very kindly had me on the two Christmas episodes that currently exist. Veranda Santa and Christmas Swim. And I guess that's maybe because I tend to do a lot of Christmas music. Mm. I don't know why. I think I have actually about about three or four arrangements of the 12 Days of Christmas, one of them including, you know, the extensive work that I did on using that melody in Christmas Swim. So for me, I guess Christmas, uh, I have the sound of Christmas. I don't know if I have the Australian sound of Christmas. I think it's just that I write very... Um, Kind of optimistic sounding, bright sounding, I don't know, what, whatever it is that I bring to a lot of different projects that I do, not just Bluey, for some reason Christmas just um, seems to go along with my sound. I don't know what that is specifically, but I'm going beyond the music even. I think that, you know, um, Christmas Swim represents the Australian Christmas experience perfectly. You know, we're all upside down here. 
Um, and it's middle of summer, uh, particularly in Queensland, where Bluey said, obviously, um, it would be hot and, and probably sweaty. Although sometimes it just rains on Christmas Day randomly. That does happen anyway. But a typical... Brit- you said wet or dry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is a little summer, so you, you do get more rain in the summer usually because it's it's warmer, but um, because it's more humid, I guess. But you, even when even when it is humid or is raining, like you still, it's like a swamp. <laughs> so you want to get you want to go and have a swim, and of course, it's all about like like it is all over the world. It's all about family coming together, and it's all about how special that is, uh, and just sort of savoring that moment and relaxing and and you know enjoying company of the people that are most special to you. Um, but you're doing it in like super tropical, hot, sweaty weather. So what more could you want to do than go for a swim? And it's just like a typical, um, this, I mean, there's all different types of houses in prison, I guess, but one archetype, one type would be like your sort of, I guess, 1960s, 1970s brick house with a pool at the back. Uh, hopefully, if not an above ground pool, I had an above ground pool in my house growing up. I didn't like it very much, but same, sir, same. Yeah, so you've you've got to open your presents, and then and then after you've worked up a sweat because you've been sitting there, um, you know, particularly before we had air conditioning. <laughs> I mean, we did it in my house growing up, but um, <laughs> now if you don't have aircon and you're just sitting there getting excited and sweaty and you know, um, loving all the presents that you're opening, then it's time to go for a swim and and you know, and you've got to do it before you eat too. Otherwise, you're just going to lose your Christmas. Sure, got to wait for the crackling <laughs> now. Now, one of, one of the interesting things you just said, you, you, you called Stripes House a typical, one of the typical type of Australian houses. Whenever we see Stripes House, at least when we're talking about it, it's like he's in a mansion. He's, you know, rolling seven figures or something because he's got it made in the shade, him and Trix. That, that's just kind of on par over there. We, we talked to our friends at the uh, Hammer Barn podcast a while ago. I was like, oh, all these scenes in Bluey, they have beautiful mountains inside. They're playing that up a little. No, it's magic here. No, it's just really. So is it just, it's magic there and everybody has a gorgeous house with a pool? Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, look, yes and no. Um, <laughs> of course. Rent is pretty expensive in Brisbane, but I, I dare say it's not as bad as San Francisco or just to compare. Although Sydney would be pretty close. Anyway. I digress. But um, like the Bluey house is actually a lot more traditional. Um, and it's a, it's a house that's typical to Queensland as a state in particular, uh, where it, it features large verandas. And also you probably notice that every room has a kind of grill on top of the door, mm. like which, which is basically there for ventilation. Um, I'm sure someone else has already talked about this somewhere on in the in the social media, you know, bluey world. Or maybe you guys talked about it before, but it's a Queenslander essentially. I think it's a smaller Queenslander. It's funny because I remember living in South Brisbane, which is actually a, a part of Brisbane called South Brisbane. It's sort of on the river opposite that big skyscraper that you always see in the in the in the show. Mm. Um on the side though. And I lived in it wasn't up on a hill, although it was in a sort of a gully. But it was such a, 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 not as well kept, let's put it that way, but the same period of, and style of house as the Healers. And it had those grills on my bedroom and it was like a hallway that goes through the middle. You know, there's, there's always hallway sinks too. And there was a kitchen at one part, like a living room at one part, and then there's a the nice... So it's all about just getting the breeze through because, you know, before we... I mean, everyone just has air conditioning now in Brisbane, let's face it, and the, a lot of those Queenslanders are all done up and they're ventilated, you know. But before that, it was all just about opening everything and getting all the breeze through. 
mm. particularly during Christmas. And of course, when you have the whole family over, and if you dared to, Chris, to cook a, a Christmas turkey or something like that, which some people do, although I think it's madness, <laughs> um, you know, you want, you need ventilation, otherwise sure. you're just going to be sitting there wetting. So, um, yeah. But there are also, I, I actually never really picked up, I probably missed, to be honest, I have to admit, there might be a few episodes I've missed. Were they in Christmas Swim? Are they at Uncle Stripe's place? Is that where they are? Or yes. Oh, we're hanging at Stripes. I wanted to swim sure. at Stripe, and a Veranda Santa is uh, at the Healer's Prime. But Stripe is smart because he he grills too, so he didn't he didn't do it. <laughs> keeping it outside. They had to grow his plate for the crackling, of course. It all makes sense. Yeah, and, and I do like the the opening. We're doing the gift exchanges. We've got that the lovely score. Uh, I love g- good old Nana and both kids, the same present, <laughs> world's best chef. And just that, that quick little, let me get my glasses. And then we have that That's big it. epic reveal, Bartleby. Good old Bartleby. I, I, I just, I enjoy that. Everybody in the family is like, ooh, we got the new stuffy. It's time to go. That's it. Now, when it comes to, I mean, I just, I'm going to be the slight music nerd here, but. Like we talked about how the, the music is just as important as the voices of the characters. Oh. Where does the balance come in of when you and Joff are creating the music and when the characters and actors are putting out their voice tracks? Is it a correlation or do you get the layout of what the episode's supposed to be and then you can create the music based on it? Because a lot of it is just cohesive so smoothly that it, it's... True. Um, we usually get what's called an animatic which is like um, a unanimated or very minimally animated, even just stencil drawings, usually no color, or maybe a few, maybe some of the backgrounds have been done. And they're just like, you know, stick figures almost, like, you know, um, going across like the a storyboard. Almost. That's it, yeah. It, it's, it's basically a slightly uh, animated storyboard, exactly. And, and as a result, they've usually recorded, if they haven't recorded all of the voices, they've recorded... Uh, they'll have scratch tracks. So like sometimes even Charlie, sometimes even daily, they're just like a voice for a while because they haven't recorded. And then, and then they chuck him in, in later. So in the end, uh, it, uh, there have been times where we would do like a demo, like we'd read a script and we might do a little demo, but we would tend to just do a, something small or just something to, to test. Or or it might be something that's required because they want to put it in the show and and. If they're, well, if they're singing, for example, an example of that would be movies where Joff wrote those songs and then they had to sing to the songs. But usually it's kind of the, anim- the, the voices are there in a, this sort of very rough animatic, this storyboard type thing. And then we work around that, which I think is best because in the end, the story is what governs it all. And then we uh, react to the story in that way. So that's probably why it sounds cohesive. But in the end, I mean, so many times when we're going back and re- revising, 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 there's a lot of, oh, you're stepping on that line. Can you take that out? Can you move this over here? So that it all feels like it's like inevitable and all very clear in the end. Well, I think the best example of that too, not to skip to the end of this episode here, but when they show the feast at the end and just, just the music building throughout the, the, the reveal of all the food on the table, like beautiful animated food. And then just like, I want to say trumpets, just kind of like, dun, 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 when you see the, the crackling there at the centerpiece, it just flows. So, mwah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, the, the um, test, the sort of musical test or the um, quiz, I guess, is do you, uh, you might recognize that the show has 12 Days of Christmas as the melody that I use. Mm-hmm. 
But there's also another melody in that final dinner scene, in that um, feast scene. Uh, do you know what it is, is my question. We Three Kings. Oh, good, you do know. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, See? I'll, I'll point I, out I what you, Mike knows. Mike, you're not seeing the reverse angle of Mike. He's right in front of three electric guitars, a ukulele. Don't worry about it. Uh, he's got a, a, a band member. He, he's our music boy. He's a good, good music boy. I'm just here hanging out. Oh, I should have realized. I should have realized that. See, it's just because, because we didn't use, like, the... the the fuck that is it's sort of is two sections to this melody as you know mm. you know we three da, 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 but we use the star one the star which is like the the b section mm. we just use that only so sometimes people actually haven't been able to pick it up when i've talked about that this before like oh what is that christmas carol and it's like i should have built some suspense there i apologize i should have made you be like <laughs> oh i got him what could it be <laughs> i love it no no i was <laughs> makes you feel better color. i had no stinking clue so that's all you buddy love it Love it. But but just a very fun episode. It flows very fast. Um, it's a very... We, we meet Bartleby, and Bartleby gets to meet the crazy healer clan, having issues with getting splashed at the pool. I think one of my... One of my in favorite parts of this, and again, going back to the music, when we're playing classic catches, and just... We're slow mo in the air. The music slow mo's on there. And you get the new... <laughs> vocals are going... It's wonderful. Um, question, because this is people that have only been in New York and not Australia at all, is our classic catches based on something through cricket? Is that like a... Okay, you just gave that little nod like, of course it is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Uh, it's funny for me because I'm just... I, I'm like the only Australian in the world who doesn't like cricket. We found one! Ooh! <laughs> uh, not the episode or the show, obviously. Not, nothing to do with, with Louie at all. No, 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 no. The no. sport itself. I'm just... Oh, it goes on forever. Really. <laughs> like, we have to play. They play the same team for, like, a month. And they keep going on and on. I don't, I don't understand it. Anyway, I'm just... I'm not... This is why I work in the arts, as they call it. I've been near the arts or entertainment. Um, so... We are creative minds. It's okay. Yeah, well, look, Professor Cash's is absolutely a part of cricket. It's all just about you know, trying to catch it. I mean, sure, it's basically some, some very similar to baseball in that way. Yeah. You know, like the balls, you're standing here and the ball's going that way and you just make it and you dive for it and do that kind of it's thing. It's the highlight but reel, basically. The, yeah, exactly. But doing it in a pool is just that extra thing. Obviously, you don't play cricket oh, in the pool. No. no. Good try. And I do love good old chili dog grabbing it with her mouth, going, whenever they're actually dogs, it just makes me smile. <laughs> but uh, we, we do have a, a nice guest star here coming up because we're having a rough day joe's right here <laughs> another guest star also on a tablet uh because bully's having a rough day and fairy godmother comes to try to explain stuff and and if this if this is something that you know it's just uh just monkey singing songs here and don't overthink it but we hear trixie called aunt trixie when she answers the phone there's been rumors and whispering online that people are expecting a, a wedding episode later in season three. In your opinion, you might not, and you, could, you can plead the fifth too. Unless you've already been composing music for the wedding. In your opinion, are Rad and Trixie married already? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I I'm actually don't know what's in, in store for what's coming up, to be honest. I also, I've never watched Bluey, believe it or not. I've obviously I've watched a whole bunch of it, but... I've actually watched it, uh, what's the word, chronologically. So I'm not aware of like, I, I obviously know that there's, there's these things happening, but 
Yeah, I, I think I need to, even just to answer from what's, what we have already, I'd need to actually sit down and watch chronologically to know when when is what. I'm, I get things a little bit mixed around sometimes. So it's funny because when, um, when they release these, because we, when we do these uh, podcasts, we do it chronologically based on the Australian release date because we're nerds and that's how we did it. But in, in the States, they did Double Babysitter and then the next episode was Christmas Swim. So we just meet Trixie and now she's Aunt Trixie, but having an actual couple months release window difference, which it sounds like it was originally, it kind of makes more sense that we had that, that fast romance and now married a while later. But I, I guess we'll find out as the rest of season three comes out. And I was going to save this for a minute. From now. I really wonder if that may have been because there was a delay for, I mean, this is all just a bit technical, but I wonder if that was because there was a delay between the Australian release and the US release. But they might have pushed Christmas Swim forward to get the Christmas episode out for Christmas, essentially. I surprised if that was one reason why you got it that way. I'm not well, sure. Last week, we recorded the episode Easter on Halloween. So we don't believe in chronological order. It makes absolute <laughs> sense to go right to podcast. the Christmas episode right after we celebrated <laughs> Halloween. It's all pagan holidays, whatever. There you go. See? And I I do have a question because you're talking about upcoming things. You mentioned earlier the two Christmas episodes out so far. Can we expect a third? Starring Joe Twist? Um, Well, the the answer is uh, not that I know of. I'm sorry. And and like, I'm not just saying that. We trust Uh, you. It's okay. I was looking for that exclusive. (laughs) It's okay. But if there's another one, I would be, I hope I would be considered again because... um, I don't know. I'd like to think that, like the, the Christmas world of Bluey, is kind of got a little bit of Joe Twist in there. So, mm. but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe it'll be like a different kind of Christmas for some reason. I don't know how how that would be, and maybe it doesn't need me for some reason. But oh, give yourself can, credit. Yeah. What are you doing? Maybe maybe Bluey throws even bigger tantrum this time, like like she does in uh, in Brand the Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can score that though. I can make that that feel optimistic. I believe we believe well, in you 100 percent so but a great great episode here uh like i said we have the epic food we have the gravy made proper <laughs> that's that's a that's that's another fun there just having the the in-law dig that slight in-law dig by nana most delightful old lady in the world but gotta make that gravy proper but before we ask you three questions we want to see do you have any closing thoughts closing opinions on christmas swim well I suppose I would just drive home the way that the episode expresses how special Christmas is in terms of family. Um, And you know what I think is really, I I, I kind of already said this, but I just want to say it even more clearly. Um, What I think is great about Christmas Swim is that we go from just having like all that craziness and fun, you know, when uh, Bingo's on that sort of float and then she's being attacked by Uncle Strike. And then they're playing classic catches. And then within a minute, we're like very inward and very reflective. And I, I mean, I know like almost every Billy episode does that so well, but I just feel like I, I love that it does it in such a clear Christmas way and such an Australian Christmas way too. So I don't know. I just take my hats off to the writers, and, you know, all the people. And, and even I take my hat off to Joff from directing me because really he's the one who called the shots and, and kind of is the, the puppeteer behind me in a, whenever I'm doing an episode that is. So, um, yeah, I, I just feel like there's, even though it's a Christmas episode, I love that they don't just do something silly. It becomes really meaningful and special. So, yeah. 
Well, you're talking about the play. I can't let this episode end without mentioning to uh, Muffin running late for work, mm. running around, <laughs> diving on the floaty. Where's my lipstick? See you, kids. <laughs> great. But so, so we have, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have three questions. I'll, I'll throw it to Mike first, just so you can see how we do this. But hey, Mike. Yeah, what, yeah bud. What was your favorite thing today? You actually said it right then and there. My favorite thing was the uh, when Muffin is running late and she has to put on her lipstick and she goes, I have to open the door. And she runs in and puts on her lipstick. And then I sat there and thought for a moment. I'm just like, is there ever a time in the entire show, when this is just being weird about it, of course, that you see anybody actually wearing lipstick? I know we have this weird thing about clothing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but Muffin had to throw on the lipstick, even though Doggo's maybe hit. Maybe it's like skin toned. There lipstick you go. so it matches <laughs> but that was my favorite thing what about you joe what was your favorite thing out of christmas oh, I, well i just wanted to quickly pick up on that too like i um uh, and just to give a shout out to our amazing violinist yuka snell who's played on pretty much every episode and i'm just remembering you know that that fabulous moment between um chili and muffin you know playing that game and if you listen to the music obviously it's still um taught as a christmas but you've got Yuka just killing it, like playing the energy of Muffin, like rushing and they're going, it's just like, she all that. And it was so much fun. You know, I wrote all the notes and stuff. I think she changed a bunch and stuff because she writes options. I said, whatever works better on the violin, you know, you do your thing. It's all very collaborative. But I just was watching it again before I came on and was like, wow, she really killed that. Very the energy of Muffin, like playing this game where she's running late. I just, Fantastic. Love it. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Well, we have to, we have to, have to let uh, have to let Yuka know. Uh, my daughter just started violin, so if she needs an understudy, I'll send her my number. Totally. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, she's, if you do need, I mean, she records fantastically. We love the work she does. I actually, I actually used her on a feature film just recently, which is completely like nothing like really. It's a horror film. It's sure. Really full on. She just nails it every time. She's just really great to have, like. Make your music sound better, basically. That's right. awesome. What about you, Greg? What was your favorite thing today? Uh, my favorite thing had to be Nana making that gravy proper and just that kind of fourth wall breaking, Trixie looking right, like dead panning the camera that's not actually there. <laughs> just the, the whole in-law feel of those little tiny comments. And it's just one of those spots where a kid watching, you know, the, this show for kids that adults love. Not maybe going to catch that, but the adults, the parents, the people that I watch, like, oh, yeah, been there, done that. So uh, <laughs> that would be my favorite thing. That's it. Yeah, I love, I love those little Easter eggs they always throw in there. Just little, like, subtle Aussie, uh, not, not, not just Aussie, I should say. Some of them might be a bit Aussie, but sure. subtle um, adult is the word I meant to say. Um, you know, quibbles, just, you know, little subtle ones that are thrown in the show. Just I love that. for you. Well, then, do you have yeah. a favorite character from this episode, Joe? Oh, Bartleby, for sure. Hey! Even though, even though, even though I, 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 I thought about that earlier. Like, I mean, um, even though we're talking about Bartleby being a teddy, I think when they're doing that synopsis, they do mean it in the sense that a teddy could be any kind of fluffy toy that could represent a dog or a cat. And of course, um, I think I said it was sort of human, but actually, no, it's got the ears. It's actually a dog, like, like the characters in Bluey, really. But um, I think Bartleby's great. You know what's great about Bartleby? She she doesn't she's uh, she's a toy of few words, and um, and she just goes along. 
She's very easygoing. Mm-hmm. Um, no complaints. Puts up with it. The expressions That's change it. as it does escalate a little bit here and there, where like she gets hit and she's just like, I'm good. And, and then at the end, the broken arm. It is crazy how a stuffed animal can be so. Because I was thinking the same. Because I also, I uh, yes, Andy, right there, Joe. I also had Bartleby as my favorite character. Just especially it. that end where Bandit smacks her into the him them into the gravy and just comes out just like big, almost like almost an awkward smile. Like, yeah, this is great. I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah, true. I, mean, I just realized that I, I, yeah, Bartleby does kind of sound like like a boy's name. It doesn't matter what what the gender of of, of the yeah, toy of is. Of course, just one. And the wrapped up it's, arm. It's just, I, I just it just want me to think about that for a minute. But yeah, it's like so. Um, and even just the, the the name Bartleby, like it's a bit of a dorky name. It's so peculiar. Um, like yeah, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> a lot of show with Sherlanders and <laughs> and everything else that we got. Bartleby fits right in. Mike, who was your favorite yeah. character? My favorite character was Muffin. She was fantastic. She just maintained the excitement that I felt like everybody was feeling. But of course, Muffin brings it to, she takes it to 11 and she's just enthusiastic. It's Christmas swim right after the presents are done. It just, it brought the joy of what the day I think everybody was feeling in that day. So Muffin's quite well behaved in Christmas swim. Very much so. Yeah. Like I feel like Christmas is like her, her thing. Like that's her holiday. Like, if, if every day wasn't was Christmas, maybe she would be really well behaved. Well, <laughs> that's a tall that's task. Kind of, just get, I just get that vibe from Muffin generally. Love it. So then, Mike, how do you rank hmm. Christmas Swim? I rank Qu- Qu- Christmas Swim. I got my inner muffin <laughs> kicked in there. Um, I rank Christmas Swim one quality 7 a.m. decision that we made to record an episode of Blue <laughs> because I thoroughly enjoyed myself. What about you, Joe? Do you have a way that you can rank Christmas Swim? Hmm. Well, um, hmm. That's a good question. It is. It's pretty high for me. That's why we ask it. I don't know. It, because I have, even though I didn't work on episodes like Turtle Boy, for example, which I just hold as so high in, I have such high regard for the episode like that. I think it's just an absolute genius piece of art. And of course, Sleepy Time. I don't know. They're just so even though I didn't, I didn't work on either of those episodes and wish I did, but you know, I was busy on other episode, including this one, but maybe I would put it pretty high again, because I think it, I think it all, it's almost like, even though it's, it's all based around Christmas, I feel like it has so much of what Bluey has to offer. Like that sort of, that sort of inward um, reflection um, and that sweetness. And then it has all the craziness of course as well, but also it's got like, even the whole conversation with Aunt Trixie is just such a, uh, another moment too that's interesting and not something you'd find in other you know i'm not going to name anything but i feel like it's that's just a very bluey thing like no no i can't think of any other kids shows that are aimed at that age that do something like that you know so well so yeah look 100 i'm rambling on about, about what i love about him we've already done that but uh, look it would have to be um close to the top surely but i've already mentioned turtle boy and sleepy time being kind of a little bit higher in ranking, in my opinion. And those will fluctuate. That's how opinions work. It's okay. Greg, what about you? Is it possible for you to rank Christmas Swim? I rank this one classic catch with one epic guest. Joe, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. We really appreciate very, after very we had fun. our own Easter debacle last week where we were a day late and a dollar short on our time zones. You being flexible, you're working with us. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Just so everybody knows, um, we, we booked it 
and didn't know how time zones worked with Joe and thought it was going to be Friday our time at 7 a.m. And Joe reached out to us saying, hey, I'm, I'm about ready. What's going on? And he was able to work with us. So we appreciate that greatly. Very Joe. much. Before we Good. let you go, Joe, anything to plug? Oh, well, so uh, this is nothing like Bluey, but I have an opera being performed at the Sydney Opera House next year. My own opera. Oh, Get very it. cool. Yeah, should be exciting. It was premiered at the Adelaide Festival. Um, it is called, it's, it's like a tragedy and it's, it's even based on a true story. Nothing to do with Bluey at all in, <laughs> in many ways. But it's, well, it's Australian. Let's put it that way. It is sure. Australian at least. Um, so it's called Watershed, the Death of Dr. Duncan. And it's actually, sorry to get kind of um, intense, but it's about um, bashing of gay men, mostly. Um, uh, so it's about hate crimes. Um, but it's also very uplifting and it's all about love and and it's all about homophobia and, and love and Kudos. Um, and justice as well. So I don't know if anyone's interested. It is actually, you can hear it online if you type in in full watershed Duncan, just type in those words, it'll come up. You can listen to it and it sounds amazing in my opinion, if I may say so. And it'll be performed at the second run at the Opera House, Sydney Opera House next year. Congratulations. That's next phenomenal. year. That's amazing. That's got to be, I, I can only imagine the, the feeling of having something in the Opera House. So good for you. That sounds great. We'll make sure we put that in our comments too. Thank you. Really quick on our side, linktr.ee slash watching Bluey. Merch, Patreon, socials, all that good stuff there. Rate, review, subscribe. P.O. Box 2372. Syracuse, New York, 13220. If you want to send us a postcard or anything neat like that. And lastly. Ooh, and most importantly. If you want to up your pool and spa game like Aunt Trixie and Uncle Stripe, check out the pool and spa gurus on Beckett Road in Brisbane, Queensland. All your pool, supply, and maintenance needs. If you don't believe me, believe Debbie B who said, a true family business Nothing is a problem. The compassion and support Richard and team provide to my family during a recent event was absolutely amazing. Highly recommend. Check them out at poolandspagurus.com.au. Joe looks Joe. so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I hearing an ad about something down the road, like on a podcast in Syracuse, New York. Like, that's, that's um, so somebody Crazy. early in this podcast might have accidentally said New Zealand instead of Australia like a fool so that somebody might now be cursed to give a free ad to a Brisbane uh. business every single episode tangentially related to what we listen to. <laughs> well, you are a good man for for honoring your um, mistake and, and, and paying back for it. Good on you. Fair enough. It's that's, what I do. Uh, Joe, thank you again. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Pleasure. Hopefully, maybe we'll talk again because we enjoyed ourselves. You know why we want to talk to you again, Joe? Why is that? Because it's, it's got to be, be done. done. Of course, it's just got to be done. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs>